0: Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you uh, for this opportunity uh, to come now uh, to learn from your word. And we pray and ask um, that your spirit would help us. Help us to hear. Help us behold. Help us to see um, the wisdom that uh, you've laid out for us in your word. And Lord, help us see the wisdom of God, Jesus Christ. Lord, that as we look at this, uh, so many verses that speak to this um, important relationship called friendship. God, we pray that this would help us, help us begin to think through these things well. And Lord, that from this uh, opportunity to hear from your word, that it would help us love well. um, For your name's sake, in Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. Well, I think we can agree that, that friendship is just so profoundly valuable. Uh, it's one of those relationships are, um, that we don't maybe think too deeply about because it just kind of happens, right? You, whether it's in the playground or connecting with a friend as when you grew up, it's, um, it's some of, one of those things you kind of grow up in some degree. Um, and, and friendship, it, it's also one of those things that you can kind of assume what a good friend is um, but without really, uh, yeah, again, doing a whole lot of study into to figuring out what that is. I, uh, I just think of, like, I was, as I was prepping this, I was thinking, I don't think I've really read a book on friendship before. I've just kind of learned to do it. And um, obviously, there's ways that we can do that through study and reading God's Word that helps us with that, um, but, it, but it's one of those ones that, uh, and this is what I appreciate about the Proverbs, is that it prepares us for being good friends. Because, you know, we all desire to have friends and, and be friends. We, we desire connection. Um, we don't want to live, we don't live our lives aiming to be as lonely as possible. Because um, just, yeah, just think about it. You know, what are, what are some of the greatest joys in, in life? What are some of your greatest joys in life? They're probably connected somewhat to the friends um, that you were with at that time, whether it was the fun times, the great conversations, the laughter, the sharing, um, the pleasure of getting to know someone, and them getting to know you. Uh, I can remember one of my my best evenings at NBC uh, was spending an evening with our third year class. This is when this was during a, what was called FMP, when all the other First and second years are gone, and we went out to Benny's Bistro. I don't know if you guys remember Benny's Bistro, but they had, like, great pizza, and it was the best coffee, I guess, in town, and so we went out there, and we able to have coffee and just spend time together. We were walking out, and then Cool Beans Cafe, if you remember that, too, they put down their open mic, and so we went there, and there was literally no one there except us, and we sat and hung out at Cool Beans Cafe and hung out with whoever is there doing the open mic, and they gave us more coffee, which was awesome, uh, for free, just for showing up. And uh, yeah, it was, just, it was a good experience remembering just being with those friends that we, as we studied together. Um, but, you know, we can also think of some of the, the most painful times in our life, some of the hardest times in our life. For sure, you know, disappointment, sickness, tragedy may be on the list. And yet, oftentimes, these difficulties are made a little bit more sweeter uh, remembering the friend, the support of friends and family. Now, my um, heart goes out to the Robinsons, and, and I often, as I think about funerals and, and wakes, and when people have passed away or when I've had friends who've passed away, uh, there's so much comfort uh, in the middle of a grieving process when you have a friend there with you. And it's profoundly lonely when you don't. It's profoundly lonely when you, even when, when you're in a room of people that you don't know, but when you have a friend acknowledge you, how helpful that is. It's, and, um, and so we see that, that friendship uh, is so valuable. It's something that we can't just, we can't just buy Um. Friends can make hard times sweeter, um, and yet good times could be sad without them. Now, when it comes to, to making friends, uh, I don't know if it's been harder than ever. I feel like maybe it's a little bit easier with technology and, and uh, accessible travel. Um, but, but there are still a, a few numbers, a uh, number of factors that, that make it genuine friendship kind of difficult, just to list a few, you know, we're, we're extremely mobile, right? Moving from place to place, rarely settling down in one spot for a long time. I think of just being in, in Nippon or being at the Bible college. I get to hang out with a student, get to know them for a year, and then they're gone again. Um, it's hard to build friendships that way. Um, also, we, we're consumed by, by family life, which is important. Um, but that's, that's where a lot of time is spent. And, and so it's, it's maybe as, as we grow up as adults, it gets harder to um, have a lot of time with friends. Maybe we were deceived by, by social media, imagining we have a bunch of friends, a bunch of really close, genuine friendships on social media, right? They like all your stuff. Uh, but then you think back. Wow, I actually haven't had a conversation with them for about two years. <laughs> you know, but they like my stuff, so maybe they're really good friends. Uh, maybe it's it's uh, the the energy we put into the emotional bond we try to build as we as we watch a TV show and we we watch that athlete that we love so much, right? Or or that that sitcom actor or that reality show character um, that. Uh, yeah, we, we spend this energy trying to watch and enjoy those. But, you know, again, when we, when we think about making friends, it, it can be a difficult thing. Yet friendship is so wonderful. A true friend has always been kind of one of God's most sought-after gifts. And, and the Proverbs, they speak to this desire. Uh, look at, listen to Proverbs 20, verse 6. It says, many a man proclaims his own steadfast love but a faithful man who uh, can find? I think this question puts into words a desire in all of us, a desire for a close and real friendship. But do we realize what shapes the way we find or make friends? Also, are are we aware of what shapes the way we think about the kind of friends we need to be or hope to be? So today we're going to continue um, to dive into the book of Proverbs and uh, as it has a lot to say about being a a neighbor and a friend. Um, As you notice, we read a lot of scriptures and and from my research, one of the things I I learned was that uh, the Proverbs um, probably features the most references to friendship. Uh, and, And a lot of them, nearly all of them, are cautioning against unreliable friendships or praising the virtues of a true friend. So we're going to be. Um, you no, know, one of the things I want to just highlight now as we, before we j- jump in here, is that uh, what, I, what I discovered was that the word friend and the word neighbor actually come from the same Hebrew word. Um, this is where you kind of get the. So going go in Bible college mode, I guess, but you have, you know, the context determines the meaning. Um, so there'll be some verses you'll hear as I read them, it will say neighbors, um, and some verses will say friends. And um, how we're going to approach this, though, is we're going to be mostly focusing on, on this idea of friendship, understanding that what is true of friends ought to be true of neighbors. So let's, uh, let's look at uh, Proverbs thirteen 20. We're going to be thinking about three kinds of friends today. From the Proverbs. But we're going to start with this verse. Proverbs 13 20. Something that we need to such a important verse. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. In other words, examine who you're influenced by. It takes wisdom to walk with the wise. And what we'll see is that Proverbs expands on. On uh, showing us uh, what to be looking for to be walking with the wise, and it also helps us to be aware of um, the uh, avoiding being companion of fools that will suffer harm. Uh, Kevin D. Young, he's a pastor and writer, and um, uh, he he wrote an excellent article on on this topic of friendship in Proverbs, and uh, and and he. He organizes it really well. He organizes a lot of these scriptures really well and, and putting it in three kinds of friends, and um, and so he puts it this way. And, and this is kind of the the structure we'll follow throughout the sermon here, as he sees kind of three kind of friends: fake friends, foul friends, and faithful friends. Fake friends, foul friends, and faithful friends. And so as you listen, as we so as we kind of work through. What, what do we mean by, you know, fake friend, foul friend, faithful friend? You'd be thinking about, you know, as we, as we listen to this, um, where do we see ourselves here? Um, and, and, what, and then also watch for areas to be aware of as you uh, think about um, how we make friends or what informs how we make our friends. So the first kind of friend... Uh, fake friends. Uh, they're described here as, as ones who only look to gain something from you. So Proverbs 19.4 says, wealth brings many new friends, but a poor man is deserted by his friend. We see from this proverb that, um, that fake friends will run after the rich in hope of gaining something, but they will avoid the poor out of fear that the poor might be trying to gain something from them. Fake friends use people. In this proverb, it was it was about money, but you can you can be used in many different ways, right? Like getting close to someone to to gain some favors, or or, or maybe getting close to the person who is popular so that you can share in that popularity or in that or or identify with that certain name that person, right? So you can. Name drop that person um, in a way. One of the key ways of of uh, a fake friend is is perform is is performed through flattery. So you get Proverbs twenty nine five that says, "A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet." Now, it's not clear if if the net is speaking about the person doing the flattering or it's the person who's being flattered, Um, but but what we can gather here is um, that either way, if the person receives the flattery, they're getting trapped in some way. They're receiving a net. The person who is doing the flattering is also setting a net for themselves. And so we see here that, again, when we're, when we're thinking about this flattery, they're, they're trying to you they're trying to gain something, right? It's, it's kind of a form of manipulation, really. Um, and, and so we see that this kind of friendship, this kind of fake friendship it's, it's not going to be a reciprocal thing, right? And if it is, it's going to be a little bit imbalanced. Um, Thus, the wise are the ones who are humble enough. First, to see it in themselves, um, and then to be discerning, to be careful of how they walk with those who are kind of living in this friend fakery. Now, uh, you may know this guy, but Billy Graham, he was, he was not a fake friend. He was, one of the things that I learned this week was how, how he was known for his connection with the president's. And what is interesting to note was how these powerful men welcomed Billy Graham uh, into their lives because he seemed like the one only person who didn't want anything from them. History shows, shows that they often uh, wanted something from Graham, but he gave them the gift of friendship without manipulation. He was no fake friend. And this leads us to the second kind of friend in Proverbs um, that we'll call the, the foul friend. Uh, this, this friend is described with words like belittling, violent, unfaithful, uh, false witness, the kind of traits that, you know, don't get you, uh, the kind of things you don't really want to identify with. Uh, but, but one of the things I appreciate about the Proverbs is that, it, you know, he says it like it is. And um, if we think about this again as a, a father speaking to his son, he's very clear. Uh, he's very clear here for us. These are the traits. Uh, again, we, don't, we, we already can kind of know that this is not a good idea to identify closely and, and be influenced by someone like this willingly. But we see here right away that foul friends. They're unaware of others. They're uncaring. They're unaware of others. Proverbs eleven two says, "Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent." This belittling could have uh, been by speaking or acting in a way that brought the person down, um, or remembering the context right uh, by sharing by sharing harmful information um, about a neighbor that they might know, right? Because again, when when we're thinking neighbors, we're thinking like a Hebrew community. Um, They're living amongst each other and so it it could have been something where, oh, you know, I saw so-and-so doing this and and being able to pass that on to others uh, in a way that, again, is gonna trash potentially their character uh, or their reputation. Uh, This belittling also can come through joking, right? Uh, like Proverbs, I found this a really interesting one, Proverbs 26, 18 to 19, which says, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I'm only joking. Right, they're careless with their words, intentionally or unintentionally, using their words like weapons in joke form. Now I don't know if anyone's ever been shot by an arrow, but I imagine it hurts. Like, you know, he's using very firebrand, like again, very strong language here that he's talking about with this joking. Like, this must be really harmful joking. And I hope, uh, you know, like when we, again we we realize that this this can hurt, and and so wisdom calls us here for. Are we aware of how we are joking? This is something that um, it's so easy. We, are, we, we accept this so easily in our culture uh, to bring people down with joking. Uh, often there's always a little bit of truth behind a joke, right? And so you'll get the ones who are, you know, maybe they're just intentionally just trying to be funny. And then there's some who are, they're trying to do it in a way that's going to cut people down. So again, to be overly critical of others, to speak their opinion uh, as a means of self-expression without caring about who's in the room, not thinking about what their words are doing or if they're even necessary, is to be a not-good friend or neighbor in that moment. As well, uh, the way we joke with people, uh, these words can cut deep despite the intention. So wisdom remembers uh, from uh, remembers these things, right? And and wisdom remembers when we have maybe spoken that way and looks to change, um, looks to change. Second, foul friends they, they resort to intimidation and and uh, violence to get what they want. Proverb sixteen twenty nine says, "A man of violence entices his neighbor." and leads him in a way that is not good. You know, this is just a pretty standard expectation across culture, or in maybe even our culture, but um, for a good neighbor uh, and friend is to refrain from, from violence against one another. Um, think of one of the Ten Commandments, right? Thou shalt not kill. Um, yet this this person that the proverb seems to be describing yet this one lures his friend or neighbor to bite the hook of lies that violence is the only way they're going to get what they want whether uh, whether it's going to be revenge whether it's going to be possessions this proverb shows the heart caught in deceitful desires of anger and coveting Wisdom says keep away from being influenced by these people. You know, this makes me think of just, you know, how riots start. Uh, it just takes a man of violence to get a whole uh, or a group of people coming together uh, to get a whole group of other people riled up, right, influencing to violence. Or the person who is angry with, uh, with someone else and convinces others to side with them, and to do something against uh, those people that will not be constructive. Um, I remember, I remember not being involved in the actual violence, but I remember being a part of many fin groups growing up as a teenager, whether it was at a hockey game or or uh, uh, or in high school, and, and hearing about my groups of friends that were so frustrated with this group of friends, and then the other ones would be, you know, oh, we should get them, right? And and so this is a, a really a, uh, relevant, unfortunately, verse here that we that we do need to be aware of, especially for uh, teenagers in high school, um, but also for adults, because we maybe are doing it maybe not in as obvious ways, um, but it is something we need to be aware of for sure. Finally, foul friends are just unfaithful. It is hard to trust a foul friend. Proverbs 15, 25, 18, and 19 says, A man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a war club, or a sword, or a sharp arrow. Trusting in a treacherous man in the time of trouble is like a bad tooth or a foot that slips Right. So they, there's a sense in which they are potentially blatant liars or smooth talkers, liars. They're unfaithful with how they present information. And so it, it makes it hard. It makes it almost ineffective sometimes to really be able to build trust with them. Right. Because that's what lies can do is it, it affects relationships in, in very real ways. And really kind of what, what it comes back to here is, is unfaithfulness. Um, Proverbs, I think, does well with, with showing the reader um, where they do not want to be. Um, they, they don't want to be the kind of people who are unfaithful. Any wise person doesn't want to be recognized as unfaithful or being a liar, proud, or violent Rather, the, the wise turn away from these traits, knowing how damaging it is to their neighbors, their friends, and how fin- sinful it is to their God. The wise looks to not uh, uh, be unfaithful, but faithful in their relationships. And so we're going to look at this, this last kind of friend, unlike the other two, the faithful friend. Now, one of the interesting things that we've noticed when when we think about these friendships is that a lot of these friendships have been built around faulty foundations. Um, Whether they're centered around money, um, power, popularity, getting what you want when you want it. And so we, we do need to notice that for the faithful fin- friend, friendships must be um, motivated and guided and centered around the love and fear of God. I think back right away at Proverbs 1.7 that, that says, you know, the, the beginning, um, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and only fools despise wisdom and reproof or instruction and reproof. Um, and and so it's this love and fear of God, but also this love for his neighbor, that should motivate how the faithful friend functions. And why is this? Well, because you know, if we are aiming to love God, we're gonna we're gonna aim to obey Him. We're gonna aim to reflect His uh, what He has done, right, and how He has been faithful to His people. And so we aim to reflect him in that way, and, and the wise aim to do so. And so let's see how the faithful friendship is described in the Proverbs here. So the first kind of group of verses that we see and, and learn about is that the faithful friend is there in times of trouble. Proverbs seventeen seventeen says, um, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. You know, this kind of friend is is known as the one who loves at all times, right? Which, which signifies the the friend's recognition of the worth and dignity of the one with whom they they desire to be with and, and help out at all times, right? Whether that's uh, if they're rich or they're poor, whether they're in good times or in bad, um, they're sticking with them. This uh, the friend here. Uh, is represented as someone, again, who is always present. Where where it seems to hold this idea of a brother or a relative uh, being there for adversity. So both are kind of there in the hard times, but what it seems to be highlighting is that the friend is there for all of it. And so the distinction kind of goes like this, right? A, a friend weeps and rejoices with you, where the relative functions more as a, a safety net in that culture, and, and really for us today a lot of times. But even in adversity, there are times, um, as we see some other Proverbs, even in adversity, the friend's spiritual ties um, can be better and stronger than blood ties at times. Proverbs eighteen twenty four says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who stakes closer than a brother. So though our family can be uh, some of our closest friends, uh, there are those um, that we can gain closer fri- friendship with uh, that we may be end up calling them brother or, or sister. We see another example of this from Proverbs 27.10 saying, do not forsake your friend and your father's friend and do not go on to your brother's house in the day of your climatomy." Being better as a neighbor um, who is near than a brother who is far away. So, in in some here we see that in crisis the son should should turn um, uh, to a tried and tested friend of the family who lives uh, nearby and is ready to meet their needs. Not only the, a relative who lives far away and it, and is not. Accessible as much. Now, again, this is this is an interesting thing, right? Because we do live in a time uh, where we are we are profoundly connected, right? I I can call up my, my parents. I can Facetime my my brother. You know, there there's many ways that we can connect, and, and those are amazing means um, uh, to to stay um, connected with our family. Um, and, and there's there's many ways that we can support each other from afar. But I think this, this verse also, though, speaks to something that is really important and that is the sense of presence, right, of being with someone in the moment right there when they, when they need that help. Um, it can be, a phone call is really helpful, but there is so much value and wisdom, I think, in that face-to-face, real-time interaction, And so we, we can remember here that, that family is, is so helpful and so supportive and um, can be our, our closest friends. But also um, the faith, there's a faith, there can be faithful friends that can be there in times of trouble uh, and to stay there at all times, worst and best times. It's like so. As you as you hear some of these things, you know, do you do you see the great need for a friend like this? Do you see the need for, for being a friend like this? This kind of friend, you know, it, they they aim to be there, and, and they work at it. And and to have a, to, to have friends like this, um, there obviously I think needs to be some maintenance in in the friendship. To to stay like this, and, and this kind of leads us to um, the the next kind of point of of a, friend, a faithful friend that the proverbs bring up, and, and that's that the faithful friend remains in right relationship. Each human friendship, you know, again, it, it involves two sinners, which means there will be two people um, who can be and and will be selfish or rude or envious or hurtful. Which we can all uh, kind of know about, either from being in the playground to the coffee shop, and and so, how does a, a faithful friend respond? Well, first, the faithful friend aims um, to remain in right relationship. Through first off, not allowing conflict or disagreement to become out of hand. Uh, Proverbs seventeen fourteen says, "The beginning of strife is like letting out water." So quit before the quarrels break out. Now, can you imagine if there is a breach at the Nippon Dam? Like how you know if that broke, how out of control and ugly that would get for us um, and for our community and for our surrounding communities? Can you think of how many issues would have had been left undone to get it there, though? Quite a bit, right? <laughs> Now that I think that's a, a very similar way to think about this here, because we're not we're not talking about just sweeping issues under the rug and just pretending like they're not there, right? That's really how that's really how this things do blow up, um, but rather it's about aiming to be on an immediate path of repair and reconciliation before the quarrel breaks loose. This may call for gentle answers, Proverbs fifteen one. This is going to call for great humility to admit where maybe we've been wrong. Or in other cases, overlooking offenses um, with the willingness to move forward in forgiveness. Not holding them indebted to you. And and really this kind of leads to another means by which we stay in right relationship is aiming to forgive Right, the faithful friend in love always seeks to forgive. Listen to Proverbs ten twelve. It says, "Hatred stirs up strife, which causes quarrels." Right, we just heard that. But loves, but love covers all offenses. So we see that the attitudes of the wicked uh, and the righteous are highlighted in this verse, as the wicked are motivated by hatred. That brings dissension. But the righteous, uh, by love, uh, leads them to aim to forgive. Or Proverbs 17.9 says, Whoever co- covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. You know, there's the one who, who does not forgive or, or even looks to be ready to forgive, um, and, and they're the one who repeats the matter, right? And, and this, makes, um, this makes reconciliation very difficult, sometimes even impossible. When, when you can't get over or you, you wrestle so much with what they did and you keep bringing it up and you keep bringing it up. Where well, there is the one, the friend who forgives. Everyone this is a this is everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have to forgive <laughs> that's uh, something C.S. Lewis said and I think it's so spot on forgiveness is not easy the pain of being sinned against does not go away quickly but the faithful friend those sin though sinned against says i will not hold this against you Um, and, and thinking as as believers today, we can do this as friends. We can do this as friends, remembering as those who've received the forgiveness of Jesus, knowing that He said the same of us: "You are forgiven. Um, your debt is released. Right? I'm not going to hold this against you." And there's there's so much more. I. Uh, if you want to talk about this more, I'd love to talk more about this idea of forgiveness. But it's, uh, but it's, it's so crucial for the the maintaining of right relationship. because again, think about. When this is happening, when, when we're aiming to remain in right relationship, there, you're probably going to notice that you're going to be saying sorry a little bit more than you maybe are. <laughs> you know, in our family, we, we go, okay, we got to try to stay in right relationship. There's a lot of sorry, I forgive you moments in the day um, that, that really, though, helps things not just get blown out of control at the end of the day. Um, but also, can you imagine the deepness of friendship that comes out of true reconciliation like this, out of forgiveness like this? Right? It brings so much security knowing, wow, I was a jerk, and yet they forgave me, and they did it again. Right? It's this kind of close friendship that opens the door for growth and maturity. First of all, in our relationship with God. And second, in our relationship with our friends and neighbors. And, and this leads us to, to, the, to the last quality for a faithful friend that we're going to cover here. Because again, uh, when, when you have this kind of relationship, truth is heard in, it in a really meaningful and helpful way. A faithful friendship makes one another better. So faithful friendship makes one another better. One way they do this is through words of encouragement, right? So uh, Proverbs twelve twenty five: Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. I appreciate the play on words here. Um, that anxiety weighs down, but a good word makes glad, right? It, or it cheers up. Right, this kind word can, uh, can refer to encouragement and kindness and insight. Saying what the discouraged person needs in order to gain a proper perspective, a renewed hope and confidence. There are times I imagine you were discouraged and, and someone said the unhelpful thing. But as well, I uh, imagine there's been times when you have been so discouraged and you got that, that person who just spoke that encouraging word to you. And how relieving and refreshing and how helpful that is um, to hear that. And, and this is one of those things where, for some reason, it's easy to forget sometimes to encourage uh, But but one of the helpful ways is when you notice someone, you notice something that you want to encourage someone, you you hear it in your head or you see and you notice something. Wow, that was really cool that they did that. Or wow, that was really honoring to the Lord that they did that. Um, It's just to go and tell them that, right? Instead of being, I'm just going to bank that in for myself to be, to notice that, but to recognize and encourage them in that. Now there's another way that... uh, to make each other better. That might be, uh, there, there's the encouraging, the kind word piece, but then there's also the giving of advice, right? We have uh, Proverbs 27, 9 that says, oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Now uh, some of the, the ideas here are kind of interesting. So oil perfume, this kind of sets like a, a banquet context. Um, so uh, this is kind of what a host would do. Uh, they would put on these kind of oil perfumes for as people came in for this banquet. Now for me, I mean I, when we host people, we don't often think of putting out oil perfumes, but I, I think of like if I walked in and I heard someone was sizzling a steak on the grill, I'd be like, my heart is glad. You know, like, I'm like, yes, this is exciting. And um, now that I got you all hungry for steak, stay with me. We'll keep going here. But there's, uh, there's something so helpful um, when, when we have that friend who gives us that helpful, that biblically faithful, God-honoring advice. But not only do they give; these are these are really helpful things. And sometimes I think this is where we like to be friends. We like to you know give the encouraging. You know, when someone comes to us to give ask for advice, that's kind of an exciting thing. Uh, there's also times when we get to give encouragement, and that's enjoyable to do. Uh, but then there there's kind of the, the other ones here that are really really meaningful traits of a faithful friend. Um, and and sometimes can really exemplify and show a faithful friend that maybe are some of the less popular traits in our society today. Um, Giving honest words. Giving honest words to your friends. Words that may feel painful, painful in the moment, even if you've said them as gently, as clearly, and well as you can. I think uh, Proverbs 26, 7 dis- captures this idea so well. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Right? These wounds are meant to be a metaphor or, uh, for the painful and plain words that must be spoken in a true friendship in order to bring healing to the friend or to restore a broken relationship. Faithful friends, um, they're kind of like an honest mirror. Um, They help us see the areas that we we don't see, right, blind spots. And as well, they help us see areas we are maybe choosing to avoid seeing um, that we need to. Uh, But when you think about this proverb, you know, what would you rather? The wounds of a friend or the flattering kisses of an enemy? It is so much more worth it to hear the honest words from your friend in the context of this kind of friendship. As well, we, we hear this kind of well-known proverb. I think of this proverb on like men's study Bibles and journals and posters and all kinds of stuff, right? It is Proverbs 27, 17, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. And so we, we see here, like, the, the iron being sharpened by the other piece, right? It makes it more effective. It makes the tool more effective. And, and this is also for the friend who sharpens the other, right? The person who's not afraid to, to disagree or to, to push them on things or to get them to think, even if it feels annoying in the moment, um, or maybe frustrating sometimes in the moment, it can be one of the most helpful things um, for you in your walk with the Lord, um, and for you as you relate to others, or in your work, or just in life. Um, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. And so we see that the faithful friends make one another better. And so there you there you have it. Right? We we've, we've just gone through lots of verses. And, um, and you've heard a lot of wisdom on friendship from the book of Proverbs. We've seen traits that characterize a fake friend, a foul friend, and a faithful friend. But as we kind of take a step back here, um, as we've, and as we kind of hear some of these proverbs, I imagine there's some of us who, who are encouraged, knowing you, you have a close circle of friends. And you, you can pinpoint times of remaining support and encouragement and forgiveness and growth that have come as a result of having some of these friends. Praise the Lord. Maybe there's some of us who, as we listen to this, we were discouraged. As we're confronted with the kind of friend we maybe wish we would be or, or wish we had. Maybe there's some of us that are hopeful here and are desiring to learn, like, how, how can I be like this faithful friend? And maybe there's some of you who are in disbelief, like Proverbs 20, verse 6 that I read earlier, right? A faithful man who can find. Uh, I think this is a, a real plea that we need to, to hear and think about. But however your response uh, was to these Proverbs, I think we need to admit that there may be, that there is times and there have been times where, yes, we have been able to be a good, faithful friend. But there's also been times where we've been a fake and foul friend. As well, when we admit that even with our, some of our best friends, we don't always feel fully comfortable to disclose everything about our lives. Even further, you know, who, who in your life do you feel safe with, really safe enough to open up about everything? And this is where I think the promise of the gospel comes in. In Jesus Christ, who is never fake, never foul, we are given the most safe, truest, and faithful friend. Jesus is the, the one who, uh, the one the, the whole scriptures are pointing to as the perfect neighbor, the faithful friend, the king. Jesus said in John fifteen thirteen right? Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You know, Jesus said this and he proved it by going to the cross for those considered enemies of God. So that for all who repent and put their trust in Jesus will no longer be enemies but friends. Friends of God through Jesus Christ. I find it quite amazing in, this, in, in the timing of John 15 um, that Jesus is saying this to a bunch of disciples he knew was going to desert him. Yet he calls them friends. Uh, there's another place here that you know Jesus, though he was, uh, this was said of him negatively in the context. He was also known as a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But truly, this is a, a fitting description. Now, again, I mentioned Kevin DeYoung before, and, and this is a little a chunk that he that he wrote from his article, and I found it so helpful, um, the way he wrote it here. So let me read this for you as we think about this to be sure. Jesus is more than a friend, but not less. He is a divine friend better than any other. He is never a fake friend, but always seeks our best. Neither is he a, a foul friend. He is slow to anger instead of quick to criticize. He is thoughtful and tender instead of annoying. He is always trustworthy and never lets let us down. Best of all, Jesus is a faithful friend, he not only sympathizes and comforts you in trouble, he delivers you from your greatest trouble, which is sin. Not only does he speak the truth and handle conflict, he made peace through his blood when He, when we were enemies with him. And he does not just make us better, he makes us new. And I think that is so, thank the Lord for that, that word right there. He does not just make us better, he makes us new. So what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to him in prayer. And so I think here as we, as we close, we I want to challenge you guys again to think and remember this, that we must look to Jesus first. If you are a follower of Christ, do you realize, do you recognize that Jesus calls you friend? Have you thought about how profound that is? This is something I was confronted with this week. Do you recognize that Jesus is a real friend today, not just some idea? He's a real friend. And so my my encouragement for you this week is to go to get in the word, to get to know Jesus, to ask for God's help, to grasp this friendship this week. The faithful friend. Second, I encourage you to to think through as as you do this to learn from Jesus and then to obey Jesus by practicing the Proverbs with his help learn from Jesus and aim to obey Jesus by practicing the Proverbs with his help. Because, you know, what, what if, you know, what if we looked to Jesus and we heard the call to wisdom that God lays out in his word? What, what would that mean for your friendships closest to you this week? What if we were committed to present, to, Um, present with people, be present with people face-to-face in good times and hard times this week, asking real questions and listening? What if we made it a priority to pray for our friends, together or alone, and, and make it so that it's not just an awkward thing to do? What if we made reconciliation a greater priority? Or even feedback or, or um, aiming to in, encourage others in this way. What if, we, what if we, before we go and talk to someone else about an issue, to another friend, we close our mouths, we go to our rooms, we open our Bibles and pray for God's help, and we write down some thoughts and ideas, and then we go and we give that honest feedback to our friends. What if we are intentional that way this week? To encourage one another to look to Jesus. Because when we receive and continually look to Jesus, our relationships with others will change as well. So learn from Jesus. Aim to be obedient to him through practicing the Proverbs. So I just want to give just one piece of practical advice to this here, a practical next step is, uh, as we respond to this, is I would encourage you to consider signing up for a small group. I was thinking about small groups this week as I was doing this, and, um, man, small groups are, they're so, they just provide an intentional, caring context for these kind of experiences, where we can practice these kind of things that we heard in the Proverbs this week or today. There's something so beneficial about the weekly rhythm of being able to meet together, to pray together, to open God's word together. Um, And one of the things we found was that our our small group got to see a lot of our life, (laughs) whether it was bringing in a foster child or hearing bad news or hearing good news or, or hearing good news from our small group because we just met. We were together weekly. And um, there's so much benefit to that. And so that would be my, um, my encouragement for you this week is to consider small groups, um, knowing that this, that can be an opportunity for you to look to Jesus together. So let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you again for your word. I thank you for how you challenge us but yet how you call us to yourself. We thank you for Jesus, who is our king, who we aim to obey, but yet he also has called us his friend. Wow, Lord, help us profound that truth. Help us realize that profound truth today. Help us hold on to that. Help us grasp that today, this week. Lord, for we are desperately in need of a friend like Jesus. And Lord, we pray that you you would help us to be faithful friends this week. Lord, that we would, by your spirit, aim to love well, forgive well, support, encourage, for your name's sake, for your glory. And so, Lord, may your name be honored as we go out from here. And may we remember what a friend we have in Jesus. Amen.